Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and we are joined by our online pastor, DeAndre. Hey, yo, guys, get ready for this message by Pastor Jeremy. I'm so excited, guys. It's going to be hype. It's going to be lit. That's right. Get Whether ready. you're in your car, you're working out, mm. you're going for a run, turn up your volume and get ready for this awesome message from Pastor Jeremy. Welcome, welcome, welcome today. I'm so glad that I get to be here with you, and I'm so excited to continue talking about what we're learning when it comes to worship in our lives and worship. If you have a Bible, why don't you open it up to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2 says this. He says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the opinions and culture around you and be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. A total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern how you should live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You see in the ESV, it says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In the NIV, it says that this is your true and proper act of worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for my friends. I thank you for uh, what you're doing in our lives. And I thank you that you're going to speak to us by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Often when we talk about worship, we come to this place where we think it's only about expressions. And it is. That's a huge part of our worship, lifting hands, singing, shouting, clapping. And we're going to talk about those things. But what's interesting about this passage in Romans is that we come to a place where the writer says that your bodies, your thinking, the things that you do in the day in and day out actually become a part of your act of worship. And every once in a while in life and probably in the season that we've come through and we've been in as we've started re-entry and we've done some things and maybe you're going back to work and your kids are back in school now, we can hit a wall and we can feel like there's been so much change. We feel like something's off. We feel like things are a little bit out of alignment and, and, and maybe we're in a place where we don't want to worship. We don't even know how to start worshiping again. We don't know how to express praise and gratitude to God. But can I tell you that no matter what, you're actually doing it in your day-to-day life already. What we do, how we live, how we think, how we act becomes a part of our expression of worship and thanksgiving towards God. And, And that really makes us start to think about how we live out our days. See, but if you're like me, you don't always want to learn something new. You go through something tough. You want things to go back maybe to the way they used to be. You want the feelings that you once had. And sometimes we try to run around and we try to align ourselves with what worship used to look like or how our day-to-day used to look like. And we just want it to get back to what we call normal. But what if normal's not returning? What if that comfort we once had isn't there in the future. You see, I even when I was studying to talk to you today, I, I ran into a problem. I went to use one of my resources on the website that I use uh, for study, and they changed the website on me. And I hate that. And maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I don't want my apps to update every week, so I have to learn something new about it. 
you know, just like Facebook or anything, they, they change the look, they change the feature, and you're like, no, 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 I, I want it how it used to be. And, and it's interesting that in our culture, we get the option to go back to classic, go back to how we like it, but eventually that option goes away. And you know what? I think we've done that in our lives sometimes. I think we wish there was a go back to how it used to be. I wish there was a go back to what feels good for me. But if we base our worship of God, our expression of our gratitude towards him and what he's done in our lives on an old feeling, on an old day, on yesterday's thing, we actually will find ourselves dry, worn out, and dissatisfied sooner than we think because God is doing new things. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on, but there is a place where we can find ourselves that what we really need is to get back to a place of understanding what it means to be in relationship and worship Jesus the way we were meant to. And maybe this is a new conversation for you. Maybe you don't fully understand this, but God created us for worship, for communion, for relationship with him. And, and often we ask ourselves this question. We say, okay, things have changed. Things are difficult. And I don't even know where to start. I don't know if I can even get back on this road to feeling okay again. I don't know how to work forward. And, and you're not alone in this. We all face these moments and these seasons in our life where we don't know what to do with ourselves. We don't know what direction to move. We don't know what's going to make everything okay. And I think that's what we struggle with a lot. We just want to make things okay. We want them to get better. We wonder if things will ever be the same. But maybe they aren't supposed to be. See, sometimes these questions and these seasons allow us to dig a bit deeper, to draw a bit closer to who God wants us to be, to where he wants us to be. Sometimes God will use these moments to say, come close to me because I want to do something in you. David, uh, you've probably heard the story of David and Goliath, but David grew up as a shepherd boy and he was anointed to be king and he fought a lot of battles for another king named Saul. And, and David comes to a place in his life where his boss becomes very angry and jealous of him and David's just trying to be a good soldier and a good man, but he's supposed to be the next king. And David finds himself in this situation where he's running for his life. He flees into the desert and, and, and he finds himself in a place where his life is totally upside down and it's not how it used to be. And he's not in a place where he thought he would be. He's not feeling very certain about his future. And, and he actually finds himself at one point in a cave. But can I tell you that when David ran throughout this season of his life in 1 Samuel 22, the first part of the verse says, David left Gath and he escaped to the cave Adullam. And, and this was a place where God's presence started to work in him. And, and he started to offer himself to what God wanted to speak to him afresh and do in his life. But can I tell you that David, a man after God's own heart, didn't actually go to the cave first. So you're in good company where you sometimes find yourself that I've tried a lot of things and this isn't working and how am I going to get back to a place of normal or security and you find yourself at the end of your rope and the place you really need to be is in a place with Jesus 
See, David actually ran to one of his enemies' houses first, and he tried to find protection in a city, in stuff, in things, and it actually kind of made him go crazy, and he finally got out of that place and said, I need to get to a place where I experience the presence of God. Lean into the things that he's called us to do with excellence and, and greatness because we want to honor God with everything that we do. That's worship. In, in the book of Exodus, in Exodus 35 and 36, when the children of Israel, they leave Egypt, they were slaves for a while, and they get out into the desert, and they, they said, we need a place, we need a, a church, we need a tabernacle to worship God in, and, and God says, okay, well, that's fine, like, you can worship me all day, every day in your lives, but they're going to build a tabernacle, and they're going to establish all of these things, and so what Moses says to the people in Exodus 35 and 36, he says, everybody needs to think about what gift can I bring? What offering can I bring? And, and the amazing thing was, is as the Spirit moved them, everyone brought an offering or a gift to make this happen and to build the tabernacle. But it also says that he called on the craftsmen and the skilled workers and people who made garments and who made fabric and who built things. And, and, and he called them to be a part of building what God wanted to do. And, and can I tell you this, that we have an opportunity to offer our lives and ste take steps towards God in worship in everything that we do in life. I think some of you think and believe that, well, I don't, I don't have a calling. I don't have a way to worship God in my everyday life. Can I tell you that if you are living and breathing, you are a child of God, you were created in the image of God, and he created you with gifts, talents, and abilities. And people who don't know Jesus and haven't submitted to a relationship with him, they actually learn sometimes to leverage the gifts, talents, and abilities that were given by God to them, and they use them to build the things, to worship things in life the way they want to. But there is something special about when we take those things, when we realize that, God, you created me with purpose. You created me with, with these ideas. You created with me with these skills. You've given me something to give, and I can offer it to you. And, and my life can bring glory to God as an act of worship. It changes things. But so often we're, we're stuck. We're in this season, and we're in this place where it's like, God, I'm tired. God, I, I don't know if I want to start again. God, I'm pretty discouraged. God, I'm actually kind of delusioned and kind of really not there right now. Can I encourage you today? Offer yourself. It's a sacrifice sometimes. This walking with Jesus one step at a time, God never said it wouldn't cost us anything. It's the best decision we can ever make, but... It is a sacrifice of praise at times. It is a moving God's way, not our way at times. This is how we worship God in our living, our breathing, our thinking, our everyday doing is by offering ourselves to God. 
We all have this opportunity to offer our lives and take steps towards him in worship in a fresh way right now. I actually believe that we can reboot from wherever we are at, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, and we can say, God, I need to find myself in a place where I let your presence work in me and then I let the decisions of my day and the steps of my life actually bring glory to you. And God, that's how I'm going to worship you. But I need you to start moving and speaking in my life. This is why James says that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us, but we get to make the choice. We get to take the step. So where does that leave us today? Well, what I really want to encourage you to do is simple. I want you to start where you're at. I want you to start where you are. There's no sense worrying about where I am or where your friend is or where your spouse is. Sometimes we have to get real honest about where we are right now in proximity to a relationship with Jesus and say, God, I need your presence. I need you to work in me. Maybe you're afar off. Maybe you've never taken that opportunity to receive Jesus in your life. And we want to give you that opportunity because God so desperately loves you and wants a relationship with you. Maybe you were close at one time and you say, but I'm just so frustrated. I'm just so done right now. I don't know what to do. Just start where you are. We all have a chance to take the experience we have and live like we're in a cave or we can find ourselves in a cove. I find it so amazing that in that story of David that he escaped to a cave. A cave can be associated with a dark place, a wet place, kind of a bit of a creepy unknown place. And this is the place where David went to to find what God wanted to do on the inside of his heart. And, and, and you can look at your situation right now, like, God, I'm stuck in this cave. I'm stuck in this dark place. I'm stuck in this discouragement. I'm stuck in this thing that I think I'll never escape. Or you can take it and say, God, I'm going to make this place a cove of your presence. I'm going to offer myself to you, and I'm expecting and I'm believing that you're going to come. You're going to speak to my heart, and you're going to start working on the inside of me. You see, we don't have to wait for everything to change on the outside to not let God work on the inside. We can, wherever we are, start where you are and say, Jesus, I need you to work on the inside of my life and I will offer you my heart in an act of worship to let you speak, to let you change me, to let you lead me one step at a time. And I'm going to take this cave experience, I'm going to take this moment, and I'm going to ask you to make it a cove. I'm going to hide myself in your presence. In Colossians, it says that all the wisdom and understanding and riches are hidden in Christ. And when we hide ourselves in who Jesus is, when we say, God, I offer myself to you, there is a covering, there is a protection, there is a speaking of God into our lives that will start to change us and, and lead us forward. See, you don't have to be in a perfect place to offer yourself in worship to God in this moment, in this time. We simply have to let ourselves, we have to let Jesus work in our lives. In 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 2, it says, David left Gath and he escaped to that cave of Dullam. But that the second part of the verse is this. It says, soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming. And this is what it says. It says men who were in trouble, who were in debt, who were discontented. 
until there was about 400 men that David was the captain of. You might think that I'm so far gone, I'm so distressed, I'm so discouraged, I'm so disillusioned, my life has gone so far off the rails, even if I offer myself, God won't receive me. No, no, hear me very clearly. God can take your life and he can redeem and bring purpose and he can bring a grace to you to help you walk forward in Jesus through that season. These men that came to him, they weren't limited by their past, by their experience and the condition of their heart in the moment. But as they opened themselves up and they said, I'm going to offer myself to God. I'm going to offer myself to be led in the ways of God. Things began to change. So wherever you're at today, why don't you just start where you are? Be very honest with Jesus with this is where I'm at and And God, I'll offer my heart to you, but maybe I'm not in a good place. Maybe I'm further than I thought I was, but when you offer yourself, when you offer your life, your heart, your mind, your thinking to Jesus, he will come and he will do a work. The second thing I want you to do is this. I I, I want you and me to not compare ourselves to, to be or become someone else. We get so caught in this sometimes. We get so caught in trying to become someone we're not. We get so caught trying to be like everyone else. Can I tell you that God wants you to become who he created you to be? He has a pattern and he has a way for us in scripture. And yes, that's a guide and that's what we follow. But as we follow Jesus, we will actually become more and more like Jesus and become who he created us to be. Comparison will cripple us. But there is this Example of these 400 men that came to David, another book later in 2 Samuel, it talks about them and it talks about all their great exploits. But there was one in there that I I find so encouraging to look at his life. His name was Beniah and it says this about him. He says, Beniah was as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the 30, though he was not one of the three. And so David made him captain of his bodyguard. And Benaiah could have very easily said, well, I'm better than these guys, but I still haven't gone far enough because I'm not as good as the top three. But Benaiah found his place by being who God created him to be. And can I tell you, that was the best place for him to be. Your job, my job, is to offer who I am or who you are in worship to God. He can do something in you and through you that he cannot do through someone else that he was not meant for someone else to do. But don't, we don't often chalk this up to worship. We just think, well, that's just, that's just my uh, character. That's just my uh, personality. No, no, God wants to use your life, your personality, the gifts, talents, the abilities, the things in you. And he wants you to become who he's called you to be. But that starts when you offer yourself in worship to letting him work in you. And it glorifies God. The last thing that I think we should do is that we should believe that our worship and our walk with Jesus actually works beyond our immediate circumstance. Oftentimes, we struggle and we find ourselves in a place and we think, well, 
I, I'm going to worship because I want this heaviness to lift. I, I, I want to move forward. And, and a lot of times, I'm just going to tell you, getting to that quiet place, saying, God, I'm right here. I need to be in your presence. I want you to work. Lifting your voice, praying, praising God. That's going to change things in your immediate. It's going to help you. It doesn't always change your situation right away, but it does. It changes you. But can I tell you that when you offer yourself to God in worship as a living sacrifice, we have to believe that that changes things beyond our immediate circumstance. How we live out our days with a heart and attitude of worship actually changes the trajectory of our families. It changes the, the direction of our communities. It changes the way that people see Jesus because when people see us change, they see Jesus working. And we have to believe that God will use our offering ourselves to him in worship to change the world around us. See, we often talk about worship as an expression or a song and these things, and that's amazing and it's so important. But your spiritual act of worship, one of them is really offering yourself to learn to be with God and changed by him and to become who he's called you to be. Because this not only changes you, this changes things around you. These mighty men, there were a few of them that they did things that made a difference for others because they lived out their days that what they did in the immediate was to worship and open a door for the future. There was this guy named Eliezer, and he fought so other people would receive an inheritance. It says that he fought off soldiers in a field till his hand was so clenched that it was actually stuck to the sword. There was this guy named Shammah that stood literally in a field of lentils, like a field of beans, to protect it. And it's like, well, what's the big deal? It's just a field. No, 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 that was... That was a future for his family. That was a future that was feeding other people. Benaiah, the guy that we talked about who could have said, well, I'm not as good as these guys, but I'm better than them, and get in this comparison trap. It says that he actually made a way when he didn't have to. It says he came up one day, he found this trap, this hole in the ground. He said, and it had a lion in this pit. There was a pit and a lion, and it was snowing. And so he decides, you know what, rather than someone else come along and fall into this trap, I'm going to fight a battle that I could actually ignore right now so someone else doesn't have to face this battle. And it says he went and got down into the pit with a lion on a snowy day because he believed in actually living out his life with purpose so there was a healthier, more whole future for others. Can I tell you, these things bring glory to God. Can I tell you when you make right decisions in your business, when you make right decisions in your home, when you offer your everyday doing and thinking to God, it actually makes a way in a future for others. Our worship is so much more than a song. And I'm believing that in this season, Wherever we're at, if we say, God, I need to come to the cave. I need you to work on the inside of me, and I'm going to offer myself to you. That we're going to come out changed. We're going to come out living life the way he called us to. We're going to come out living our life with Jesus as the men and women that he's created us to be. And this is going to change things around us.
because people are going to see the heart, the integrity, and they're going to see God being glorified. And it's going to draw people to who Jesus is. As we close in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, in the message it says this. It says, so here's what I want you to do. With God helping you, remember, we can't do this on our own. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. You'll be ready to recognize what He wants from you, and you will quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, and He develops well-formed maturity in you. I want to give you an opportunity today. The first thing is this. If you're in a place where you don't know where to start, I want to challenge you. Just start where you are. Just admit in a moment of honesty that, Jesus, I need you. I need you in this situation where I feel so far from you. I don't know how to start again. I don't know how to work this out on my own but I'm going to ask you and I'm going to challenge you. Invite him in. Say, Jesus, I'm going to offer myself so you can start speaking to my heart. You can start speaking to my life. And I'm going to believe that that is going to keep leading me forward to become who you've called me to be. And this is how I'm going to worship you, God. This is what I'm going to do to offer myself in worship to you. The second challenge I want to make is maybe you've never received Jesus into your life. You hear me talking about these things about, well, why is it so important to offer my life to God in worship? Well, can I tell you, one of the reasons is because when you understand what he did for you, you can't help but wonder, what should I do for God? You're not saved by what you do for God. You are actually invited into the family of God. Because Jesus Christ came, he died on a cross, he gave his life for you. God so desperately wanted a relationship with you and he wanted to spend eternity with you in this life and the next that he would offer his son as a sacrifice in your place. And you get the choice to offer your life back to him and receive the free gift of grace and say, Jesus, I want you to come in. I I, I receive your gift, but I'm going to offer my life back and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you one step at a time. And I'm going to learn what it is to walk with you and and grow and and live for you. Hey again, it's Josh and Pastor DeAndre. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Pastor Jeremy. Pastor DeAndre, what can they do next? Guys, if you want to know more about Christ or if you just want to contact somebody to talk or whatever, go to scatteredsaints.ca or or you're like, DeAndre, I don't really want to do that. You can text to 587-400-2010 directly, and I will contact you personally, guys. Yeah. Take care.